Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. I hit it on the beat right there. That was really good. drops. And then, like, the crowd just starts going off. That was crazy. No. It's super crazy. See how I added the word super to it, and all of a sudden it became more vivid? Yeah. Yeah. That's what nearly graduating from the Missouri Journalism School allows you. I was going to say, this guy went to journalism school. And almost graduated. Yeah, went was the key word. Thank you. Uh, 65780 is how you can text in to today's show. Uh, And uh, Jackson is feeling better. Yesterday, if you were listening, he was fresh off of getting a wisdom tooth removed in an emergency procedure. And I looked across me. Does that make any sense? No, it doesn't. I looked across at you, mm. so it really made no sense. Right. Really, the, the the use of the direct object, I looked across me, was just improper. <laughs> right. Which is, if I would have finished the final eight hours at the University of Missouri Journalism School, I don't think I said it. Yeah, they would have told you about that. But I looked across over at you, and I thought to myself, wow, you shouldn't be here. Right. And you got home, and you were able to rest up, yep. eat some solid food. Yep. And today I feel like you're here with us. Yes, yes. My face is more sore than yesterday, but I have a ton more energy. I feel more myself, and uh, you know, I've, and my, and I sound. I, I can hear myself. I sound a lot better than I did yesterday. There was no inflection in your voice yesterday, because and yesterday- in a way, I was a little concerned, but I couldn't lead on. Because I didn't want to freak you out, right. because it might get in your head. Yeah, I just. But I was, I was, I was standing here, and I was going, "Oh my goodness, this guy isn't right." Right. Yeah, it, I was talking cautiously because, you know, I'm just trying to keep this uh, this hole where my tooth used to be as uh, stable as possible. So I was trying to talk slow, and I mean, I had gauze in my mouth for ten hours the day before, so kind of getting used to talking again. But now. Uh, like I said, it's a little more sore, but I feel a lot better. So, you know, we'll just rub some dirt on it, keep playing. Tip of the cap. Uh, hey, here on 101 ESPN, we've got Blues hockey on uh, both Friday night this evening with pregame at 7 p.m. for the Blues and the Oilers. And then tomorrow, Blues and Flames pregame is at 8 p.m. It would be just nice just to get to it. Listen, I, I like all four points. We'd all like all four points. Mm-hmm. But get two. I'll take it, get back home, and then at that point you've picked up four out of six on the road to Western Canada and now uh, focus some attention on the final stretch with a lot of home games here over the next couple weeks. That's where I'm coming from. The Wild actually lost last night, uh, but they still picked up a point because they lost in overtime. So the Blues have a one-point edge on the Predators, and they still trail the Wild, and they will have an opportunity for four points here over the next two nights. And, man, if they could get those, that would get people buzzing. If you get those against these two teams on the road with, you know, the quick turnaround, glorious. Uh, Jackson, uh, tomorrow night the Blues play the Flames. The Flames uh, uh, a very good hockey team. Mm-hmm. Um, what are what are you going to be watching at uh Saturday night uh, festivities. Well, how are you going to handle that? I mean, you're you're from my standpoint, the most eligible bachelor in St. Louis. Yeah. Saturday night, and I think many people in this audience 
live vicariously through your social calendar, and I'd like to know what you're going to be doing. Well, unfortunately, due to my tooth, I can't drink, so I got a... I, luckily, though, we'll have a nice double feature with the Jayhawks from just uh, just over the state. Probably, what did you say, uh, 300 miles to the west? Maybe a little less, 280? I'm going to take the under on that. Yeah, 280 on miles to I'll the look west. Look it up. I want to give an official answer, but I'm going to take the under on that. Buck How 20 to Columbia. is St. Louis? I'll say 275 is my final answer. I'm going to take the over on 275. That's where I am. 286.4. Wow. 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 Well, just to the west in Lawrence, Kansas, uh, taking on Villanova. And then you get another one with Duke UNC, which really I'm thinking of like more hyped college basketball games in the last 10 years, and I can't think of one. Truly can't. There's been better games. Well, we don't know how this game's going to play out. Well, because Kentucky played Wisconsin, and they were undefeated. Am I correct on that? Wisconsin was undefeated? Or I think somebody was undefeated. I feel like that happened within mm. the last ten years. Yeah, that sounds. Was I that, was running deep in a poker tournament. I remember what was going on. Was that my bet? Frank Kaminsky. And Frank or, Kaminsky. Yeah, uh, Sam Decker. So you're all fired up for this, and you'll be watching. I kind of don't really have all that much attention for the uh, Villanova Kansas game. Yeah, I don't I'm neither either. here nor there. Like when it gets down to it, I'd like to see Villanova win. But as a Missouri guy, I don't have the passion for Kansas that a lot of Missouri people do. Uh, of course, hatred. Yeah. I just you know it's whatever. The Duke-North Carolina game, I told my wife, I said, uh, hey, I want to watch this thing. So we usually go out to dinner on Saturday nights, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll be uh, staying in, and we'll be watching the Duke-North Carolina game, which in. is so romantic for her because she gets to handle a two-month-old, uh, a four-year-old, and then a 45-year-old with the maturity of a two-month-old all week, and then she gets that you know, dinner on Saturday nights, and now yeah. she's going to get to watch me watch Duke, North Carolina. And I just think that kind of emphasizes how much of a treasure I am. Yeah, well, she'll to, have to, action to on, ladies. She'll have action on the Tar Heels, no? Uh, well, I would imagine so. You know, I'm the private school guy. She's the yeah. public school girl. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm Duke, of course. Right, you right. Know, because I'm elite, yeah. I, as if I needed to say that. No. Redundant. And, yeah, thank you. And uh, and I would imagine she'll be going North Carolina. Yeah, I'll be pulling for Duke. What do you think As most why? people in the St. Louis area? UNC because of Caleb Love. How many people? Okay, this is one of these things, Jackson. How many people in the St. Louis area? How many people in this audience? Because mm-hmm. I think that way you can, you're talking sports fans. How many people in this audience know Caleb Love is from St. Louis, percentage-wise? I'm going to take the under on whatever you say. 15%. Mm, that's a nice number. I'll still take the under, but you're you're better than I thought you were going to go like something ridiculous, like forty percent. No, 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 no. I know, but but I I think that if you're like a uh, a pretty you're an average college basketball fan, you probably know that Caleb Love it went to CBC. I I, I think. Maybe I'm wrong because I mean, when Tatum went to Duke, how many people knew? I mean, it's nothing. That's it's nothing against Caleb Love, but I mean, t- yeah. you didn't hear about Tatum since he was a freshman at Chaminade. Yeah. For sure. So it's different. But Caleb Love, especially if you're a Mizzou guy, because you, you had him whenever there's a five-star recruit on your radar in St. Louis and you went to Mizzou or Illinois even, you're pretty aware of uh, their status. Uh, your thoughts are welcome on all the topics. 65780 plus Jackson has uh, his Lil Toughness, a.k.a. Lil Rub Some Dirt On It Friday Parlay. Are you giving yourself nicknames to pay homage to your toughness for grinding through yesterday's show is that what i'm reading in my email here yep yep 
Yeah, we'll rub some dirt on it. I think we'll catch. I don't think it plays well in general when one bestows a nickname upon himself or herself. Uh, Shaq did it, so I feel like I have carte blanche. But in this case, when it's a complimentary <laughs> nickname one grants himself and then decides to then grant another complimentary nickname to himself, um, I just don't know how it's going to play. It's, it's my observation. Here is uh, Lil Toughness's Friday parlay. Kansas, minus four and a half. What you got? Here's the thing I'll say about this. When I first saw it last Sunday... And knowing that Villanova was beat up, I thought this number was going to move up. And it stayed at four and a half, which then makes me kind of think, not because I know a thing about the two teams, Mm -hmm. but just observing lines that if you are a Missouri fan wanting to see Kansas lose, it's a good thing that that line didn't move up. I hope uh, that makes sense. I recognize it may not. Um so, with that said, you could have the worst-case scenario, I suppose, is you take Villanova or you take Kansas because you think they're going to wind up winning because Moore is out, and then you go, Kansas wins, but they win by three. So Kansas is in the championship game, and you've lost money. But uh, that's encouraging. So, therefore, I will take Villanova plus four and a half because the square in me says to take KU minus four and a half. You follow the logic? I was actually, before you said that, I was like, I'm so confident that KU will win by more than four and a half. But therefore you take you Villanova. You have to fade yourself. Like, if you're so confident. You have confident, to know that you are a square, that yes. we are all squares. Yes. And Las Vegas is not building those monstrous, beautiful hotels uh, because they're losing money. That uh, that's that that's my reasoning. Do yeah. I know a thing about either team? The answer to that is a hard no. It's a very transparent no to the audience. Honesty mm-hmm. and media, Jacks. Absolutely. But that is my reasoning. Duke minus four. What do you got on this? What do you got on this? Anytime you're inside of those little numbers for spreads in college basketball, it is so dangerous because of late game fouling. A team could be really only winning by three. And then they get fouled, hit the two free throws up by five, and the game's over. They really won by three, but the final score says five. So I'll say Duke. My I'll take Duke in the points minus four because I think that if they're, you know, I think they're going to win, and if they're up two points, North Carolina's going to foul, therefore getting you across the line to either push minus four or cover by one or two points. That's my reasoning. The square thought process is Duke is on a revenge mission and will not let Mike Krzyzewski lose his final game mm-hmm. and be North Carolina both at Cameron and in the NCAA tournament. And, man, what a thing for North Carolina fans to have for eternity oh, if yeah. they have this that. This would be as big as it gets. This is them. the ultimate bragging rights. It's one of the things, by the, and I know I'm a Missouri fan, but I just said a little earlier on that I don't have the, the animosity toward Kansas. And I think it's more of a Kansas City Missouri, you know, grad or in my case, attendee. And I understand that since they're all, you know, intertwined over there along with some K-State and here, you know, you do have Missouri, Illinois and St. Louis U, but different conferences and two have football teams. But with that all said, um, such a weird thing when Missouri won in 2007 to become number one in the country. And then when KU got the Orange Bowl bid, somehow Kansas fans were like bragging, what you lost if Missouri wouldn't have beaten you, you would have been playing for the national championship, and yet you're bragging because you got to go to the Orange Bowl, but you're bragging to Missouri. What a strange, what, Very I, odd. what kind of metaverse am I <laughs> in here? Um, so with regards to that, yeah, Missouri, when they had a chance to play for number one in the country, they beat Kansas. When Kansas had a chance to play, so you always have that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, somehow it got spun into, yeah, but we went to the BCS. It's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> you're not playing for the national championship. Yeah, we not, beat. Yeah. But what, what, we want a heads up. Either way. 
this is the same kind of thing. I think it's actually bigger yeah. uh, with Duke, North Carolina in the Final Four playing each other in Shashevsky's final game. I mean, all due respect to Gary Pinkle and Mark Mangino, not the cachet in college football that Mike Shashevsky has. And North Carolina can end his career both at Cameron and yes. in the Final Four. Whoo! But the thing is, cats from, and dogs. Uh, it's crazy. But the thing for North Carolina too is, if they lose this game, they can't hold Cameron Indoor over Coach K's head. Hundred percent. They can't because they beat him in the final four. Yep. So that, if you're North Carolina, you're kind of everything. They, they need to win this too. Duke obviously needs to win for Coach K's legacy, but North Carolina really needs to win if they want to be able to hold any sort of bragging rights over Duke. I'll head. take Duke minus four. That's where I'm going. Yeah. Duke minus four. Kansas. Uh, excuse me. Villanova plus. We're parking four in the same garage. Uh, and then finally, for Lil Toughnesses. <laughs> Friday parlay, which of these golfers to finish top five at the Masters? Morikawa, Berger, Zalatoris, or Rory? Why, why did you include Berger and Zalatoris? I just wanted to throw them in there. Okay, I, I didn't know if it's because Zalatoris is the same as Tiger right now as far as odds to win, even though Tiger at this moment, as of 10 o'clock anyway, had not announced whether or not he's playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just got to keep like checking Twitter to see if that changes. So... Um, you know, but either way, uh, and Berger, I believe, is plus 4,000. I'm on, I mean, you know, my big play next week is D- Justin Thomas. Right. That so is, I, that I purposely is, left him I, off. And I, and I respect that. That was a good strategy on your part because you knew that was going to be my go to. Um, gosh, out of those four, I will go with Rory. Mm. What do you think about that? Rory is my favorite golfer. Oh, is that right? I didn't know that. He has the greatest swing I think I've ever seen in my entire life. When I was in golf school, they taught us that this is the proper way to swing if you're right-handed. There's, there's from a technical standpoint, it's perfect. But I'm going to go with Morikawa. He comes up big time in these tournaments, these major tournaments. He's a big player, great ball striker. I'm going with Colin Morikawa. All right, Jackson's on Morikawa. Um, and I hope Tiger plays. That's that's yeah, that's my too. main takeaway. I'm wearing my Tiger shirt today. Well, I mean, it's under your hoodie. So. Yeah, it's too cold to be wearing um, a T-shirt out here. Yeah, there is. The hawk is up in here. All <laughs> right, so your thoughts, 65780. There is a little toughness is Friday parlay. On the other side of the commercial break, uh, Tony LaRusso talking with Rick Hummel, expounding on his comments to Bob Nightingale, which broke uh, right in the middle of our show yesterday. Randy Carrick and I were having a conversation, as we always do at this mm-hmm. point, uh, in between shows and talking about that situation and I want to talk about uh, what LaRusse had to say, uh, my thoughts on what's going on behind it. And uh, I'll always like hearing from the audience with your thoughts as well. You can leave a mic drop, too. We played one yesterday or two days ago, didn't we? Two days ago. Two days ago. Uh, go to the 101 ESPN app. It's the Rhino Shield mic drop. And you can leave a mic drop on that topic or on Little Toughness's uh, Friday Parlay. And you are welcome to podcast this show anytime. Dobbs Tire and Auto Center sponsor the podcast. Subscribe to the Balloon Party podcast and listen at your convenience. You are enjoying this radio presentation at 1017 in St. Louis. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to 101 ESPN. My name is Tim McKernan, and you are welcome to get involved on this show anytime you would like. I enjoy the interaction. 65780 is how you can text into the Air Comfort Service text inbox, or you can leave a mic drop presented by Rhino Shield. I want to get into this topic, and it broke right in the middle of the show yesterday, and then uh, probably around 1035, and then we had Dan McLaughlin at 1045. And this is a topic that I could go on and on and on about, so today we will uh, be able to go a little deeper into it. 
And um, and it's what uh, Mike Schultz had to say about Bob Nightingale, but really almost more what Tony LaRussa had to say about the situation. And today in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, uh, Rick Hummel did a follow-up with Tony LaRussa. And, um, and, and so you get a little more from the former Cardinal manager. So a few things at the outset. Uh, for those of you not familiar with the story, Bob Nightingale of USA Today talked with Mike Schiltz, who's filling in as a third base coach for the Padres at this moment, only for a couple more weeks, while former San Francisco Giants and Arizona Diamondbacks player Matt Williams is uh, recuperating from surgery. And Bob Nightingale caught up with Mike Schilt, and Schilt... Uh, talked in more detail about his firing from the Cardinals that I think surprised most people when it happened uh, in in greater detail than he had at any other time. And Schultz said, quote, I never thought it was a possibility. It hit me like a ton of bricks and talked about how he was inconsolable when he found out about it. Uh, and, you know, I mean, listen, whether you're fired as a manager in Major League Baseball or from your job, let's say, working in the bag room at a country club in 1994 because you would go out and play on the course while members were out there and they were confused. That's why uh, young hoodlum from South St. Louis was out on the golf course playing while he was supposed to be cleaning their clubs in the bag room. Anytime you get fired, you don't necessarily look inward. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? Yeah. And that was just an example. Right. And so, you know, you ever want to you ever want to get a juicy soundbite critical of somebody, uh, ask somebody uh, who is either married or went out with the person and then was broken up with by that person or an ex-employee who was terminated by that person. And odds are, if you wanted to get the negative soundbite, you've just found the right people to get the negative soundbite from. Right. So Mike Schilt not being happy about getting fired, that is rather standard. I would imagine we can all agree with that point. What is not standard about this story is what goes on later in it, and that is Tony LaRusa, who isn't, you know, like living in the area and just hanging out an observer of the game, like Whitey Herzog, for example. Uh, Jackson, did you just uh, fall over, or what just went on over there? No, my chair kind of almost exploded on me, but so we're all good. So an example of not looking inward. So you're saying out of out of nowhere, a chair just exploded, it and you have no responsibility for it. Well, this I is mean... T- this is a perfect example. Talk about the, the kid in the bag room in 1994, Yeah, and I'm talking about you at this moment on April 1st, 2022, right? with just kicking your chair around back there and then blaming it on a chair exploding. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to get my feet set. <laughs> Triple threat position. Right. So Tony LaRusso gets involved, and he says in the USA Today article um, that he had heard from a comment from someone in the Cardinal organization, now this is in the Cardinal organization, that Schilt was fired because of a quote-unquote tox, toxic environment. And he said, that one frosted my ass. And I just want to digress real quickly. Isn't it usually chapped my ass? 100%. Fro- I've never heard anyone say frosted my ass. Like your ass is a birthday cake or something. I have in a future lyric actually, but not in a not in a not in a Chicago White Sox managerial. So that was that that caught, that that part in general caught me off guard. Tony could be unhappy with umpiring and say that frosted my ass, and I'd go, "Wow, oh, huh? You sure you mean chapter?" So that caught me off guard, and then he goes on to say that one frosted my ass. My comment was that if it makes it, what was if it was toxic, was that if it's toxic, it must be in the front office. 
I'm for the Cardinals. Everybody makes their own decision. But when you start talking about that, it might damage his chance to manage again for those that don't know any better. He did a hell of a job. Philosophical differences, okay, but toxic? He's a special guy. That's why it's so important for his reputation to be intact and not smeared. So once you get past the frosting issue, Hmm. the fact that he said it must be in the front office, I mean, that's a direct shot. Absolutely. That's a direct shot. You can candy coat it any way you want and, you know, say, hey, no, Albert's here, and here's another tweet about buying tickets because Albert's here. But that's a direct shot for what's going on inside the organization. Mm-hmm. And if, uh, you know, you get past the first, you know, seven or eight standing ovations and you want to talk about performance on the field, that's a comment from a Hall of Fame manager who spent a lot of time here and also spent time with people who are currently in the front office. So then Rick Hummel uh, follows up with LaRusa in today's St. Louis Post-Dispatch. And I still can't get this. This is such a weird part of the story. It's not like somebody can post a a link to what Tony's talking about. Uh, former Cardinal manager Tony La Russa couldn't put his finger on where he had heard it or read it. So it's such a hmm. strange deal. Right, that is kind of odd. But he told the Post-Dispatch he was ticked off by reports that Mike Schilt, the most recent former manager of the club, was dismissed because of quote-unquote toxic environment in the clubhouse. Uh, Quote, I thought Mike did a good job, but I wasn't in a position to second-guess the organization. I don't know who started it. Uh, Who said he had understood, to a minor degree, the part about philosophical differences leading to Schilt's firing, but rebelled when he heard it said there was a toxic environment in the clubhouse. That really ticked me off. It ticked a lot of us off, LaRusso said by telephone from the White Sox training camp. You can't have that winning streak they had at the end of the season and have a toxic environment. I watched some of the games and I saw the celebrations. The way coaches, manager, and players were, that was one of the most amazing streaks in Cardinals history when you think about the competition they were facing, that toxic thing. I don't know where that came from or who tried to cover their butt about it, but that is impossible. Some organization can read that, and it can directly affect Mike's chance to get another job. If there was anything toxic, it was somewhere else in the organization, but not with their major league team. Wherever that came from, it's like nonsense you read in politics all the time. Mike did a hell of a job, and his legacy with the Cardinals deserved to reflect how great he did. So that was the second time with a different reporter. First one, Bob Nightingale of USA Today. This time, Rick Humble of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, talking about the first time, somebody in the front office. This time, somewhere else in the organization. And in general, if we can agree to this, but maybe maybe people will dissent. And if you do, please leave a mic drop or text in. I think we would agree, Jackson, tell me if you're wrong, that it is not common to have a former manager who especially is currently yeah. managing another team right. comment on the toxicity of another organization's front office, especially when he is a Hall of Famer of that organization and managed for the same owner and, uh, at the time, the general manager, but the same president of baseball operations and John Mazalock. So that is eye-opening. Sure, There's no other way to define it other than eye-opening. So what is going on here? Um, and, and and listen, it's not like I know. It's not like I know. No. But why did Mike Schilt go public now? Why did Tony La Russa go public? Um, and what does it say 
about the state of the organization. Now, over the last, oh, I guess four days since the pool hole signing, there was a lot of what I describe as bright, shiny object. And you cannot ever really go wrong with nostalgia uh, and especially going wrong with nostalgia in St. Louis. And man, if there is a baseball market to play nostalgia, it is St. Louis. And I'm not saying it's wrong. It's good, smart marketing. I still say the offseason was, at least to date anyway, disappointing from what I was hoping to see. But um, I know a lot of Cardinal fans, including myself, are excited to see Albert Pujols back. But with regards to what transpired with Mike Schilt, uh, that, I think, surprised people. Now, one of the things that is said in Schilt's favor is he took the 2019 team to the playoffs, and he did. And they beat the Braves, which was a big surprise, I think, for a lot of people. They were certainly the underdog. And then they were just not even competitive against the Nationals. I felt like they were in the World Series against the Red Sox, the one in 2004 where they were swept, uh, than they were in the NLCS against the Nationals. And I know you got to have, you know, you got to be of a certain age to be able to remember the 2004 World Series, and you got to be, you know, just a monster nerd like me to be able to remember eight different baseball games over the last two decades. But you know, at least in, in 2004, they really were in the mix to win game one. And uh, the Jeff Supon getting caught off guard on uh, on third base in game three at Bush Stadium. Kind of like, oh, my God, now they're really in trouble. And the thing against the, the Nationals. Oh, that was awful. I mean, even in game <laughs> one, mean... in game one, you're like, they don't have it. And then and that was Annabelle Sanchez. The right, next day, you... it was Max Scherzer. I yeah. was at that one. And you and... look down the roster pitching rotation, you're like, they, if we can't get it off Annabelle Sanchez, then. So my, my point on, on bringing up the 2019 one, yeah, that they did go to the NLCS there. You can't you can't talk about that being a luck box. Thing. I mean, you can, I suppose. Feel free. But they did beat a good Braves team, and mm-hmm. and they went to the NLCS. You can't, like, not count a team that's one of the final four teams in baseball. Right. Uh, the 2020 thing of going to the playoffs, by the definition of appearing in the playoffs, they appeared in the playoffs, you know, as did Missouri football get bowl invites. Right. You know, I mean, it was kind of like everybody come to the party. It's the pandemic, and we don't know what to do. So here, and you're in a best-of-three series, and we're going to play in Texas and the Dodgers are going to play in a warehouse in, you know, <laughs> Texas or whatever. And then last year, they were in the one-game playoff. And that, by definition, of course, again, the playoffs, but it's a different kind of playoffs than the playoffs in 2019. In other words, I feel like for those who are in the pro-Schilt camp, you go, man, they went to the playoffs three straight years. And I would say that's a hell of a lot different than saying the Cardinals went to the playoffs three straight years in 2004, 2005, and 2006. The Cardinals went to the playoffs four straight years in 2011, 2012, 2013, and 2014. Uh, man, 2015 for that matter. But right. they went to the NLCS four straight years. Yeah. Against the Brewers in 11, the Giants in 12, Dodgers in 13, and then the Giants again in 2014. And they were a 100-win team in 2015. I would imagine that most Cardinal fans, if you were to rank the caliber of of three eras of teams in the 21st century, um, man, I don't know where people, how people would rank one and two. Yeah, that's what I was. You know what I'm saying? Say. Like 2004, five, right. and six right. versus 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Yeah, and then 19, 20, and 21. Big but gap. I think I can say that there's no question that the that one and two is where you go. I'm not sure, but I know which one number three is. Absolutely. But yet, by definition, they all went to play playoffs three straight years. Sure. But this is an expanded field, a weird one in 2020. In other words, Mike Schilt getting fired isn't as bat crap as it would be in a scenario if LaRusso would have gotten fired. Or even Matheny, 
uh, after his third straight year in the playoffs. With that all established, the way in which it went down was so cloak and dagger mm. um, that it left fans going, I don't really understand what happened here. And so it's still an open question. I don't think people are sitting around going, man, I wonder what happened when they fired Matheny around the All-Star break four years ago. It's pretty clear. They right. weren't performing. Yeah. Larusa retired. And in this one, it's still a mystery, I think, for Cardinal fans as to what really happened. Now, why Mike Schilt decided to talk about it like this with Bob Nightingale, I don't have the answer. Why Tony LaRusa jumped in, I don't have the answer. But there is a sense, I believe, in amongst St. Louis Cardinal fans, whether they be here in the metropolitan area or they be around the country or around the world, that something isn't necessarily right with John Mazalock and the approval rating amongst the fan base. In other words, I think John Mazalock's approval rating among the fans would be a lot lower than Mike Schultz's approval rating yeah. amongst the fans. Do you agree with that, Jackson, or do you see it otherwise? Yeah, yeah. If you were to ask me, I think it's gone down significantly in the past five years. Um, if you were to ask me in 2011, he would have more juice than anybody, but that's obviously not the case. Well, it's coming now. off of a world championship, right? In a World Series, which he, with his moves at the deadline, were key to the, to the victory. I don't think I think that Schilt has higher approval rating now than Mo does. And so, that's one thing if you kind of sense it. But then it's another thing if a Hall of Fame manager who is still active in the game mm-hmm. is out of nowhere getting involved and then flat out going in the direction of the front office, right? Twice. Yeah, his picture's out in the outfield, you know. He's always yeah. going to be out there. His number's Twice. retired. Uh, that is, and, and flat out saying, if you're trying to say that, you're damaging this guy's reputation, and that is a BS thing. And then he says, if there's any to- if there's any toxic issues, it must be in the front office. I mean, those mm. are serious comments. Those are shots. So I, I got a break. I want to continue on the discussion. We're getting a billion texts on the topic. But it speaks to the state of the Cardinal organization, and it kind of elaborates to this bigger point that I try to talk about when I'm talking about the relationship between the Cardinals and the fans right now versus, say, the Blues and and the Blues fans. Mm. And there's this sense of distrust at this moment that even when the team wasn't successful in 2007 and 2008, or even 16 and 17, which weren't playoff years, I I didn't sense I didn't sense it like I sense it now. And so when you have Tony LaRusso speaking to it and out of nowhere, I mean, that's that's a textbook thing where you'd say, I'm not going to talk about that. You know, you want to talk off the record, I'll give you my thoughts, but I'm not going on the record. Well, he goes on the record two different times in a matter of 48 hours. There's something uh, to speak to about that. So we'll go on about this topic here on the other side of the break. You are listening to Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I'm waiting for percussion. Got it. Sick. It's like we're at a rave. Yeah. I, I think most people who are listening to this are jumping up and down. Yep. Swing your hands to the side. If you could. Thank you. Jackson really is. Uh, welcome back to uh, Balloon Party, also known as Tim and Lil Toughness. I like Tim and Little rub some dirt on it. Yeah, well, it rolls off the tongue. Great for marketing. It's 101 ESPN, BK and Ferrario coming your way at the top of the hour. Blues against the Oilers in Edmonton tonight. Pre-game here on 101 ESPN at 7 p.m. We were talking about the 
Mike Schilt, Tony LaRusa comments, and I've received uh, a billion texts, and I would like to read them and see what the people have to say. I don't trust John Mazalak as far as I can throw him. The guy doesn't take accountability for all the bad moves, trades, and extensions he's done. And the, boy, this is one of those cases where the person didn't do anything wrong, uh, but the texts break mm, out in different mm, ways. Mm. And maybe the playoffs last season, I think that... Uh, Jackson definitely is not feeling good. He just did a Sports Center update without mentioning the NBA. Yeah, I was in between Giannis becoming the Bucks' all-time leading scorer and the uh, MLB replay reviews, but I went went for the latter. Uh, the Cardinals do not owe the fans an explanation of why they fired Schilt. Schilt knows why, and if he had any self-awareness at all, he should have seen it coming. That's from the three one four. I think that text is probably not playing well with a lot of people in the audience right now, but I actually agree with the first part of it. You don't is my read on your physical tell. And then as far as if Schilt had any self-awareness at all, he should have seen it coming. I don't agree with that. Yeah, that's part. the I'll part I don't, I don't agree with that. So uh, elaborate, sir, before I... Before I... Yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think he had it coming. I mean, I don't think well, the, the, the gentleman who texted in or the lady who texted in uh, said that he, if he had any self awareness at all, he should have seen it coming. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I think that's the core issue: is that he's like, I, how did this happen? We right, just had this monster right. winning streak. Right. He didn't. He's not a world ending manager by any means. He didn't have like a crazy run, but he had a run better than seventy five percent of the other managers in Major League Baseball. I think. I here's one thing I will say about it: the fact that this is going on at this moment. Is a tell? Yeah. Okay, so you follow me on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I There's see about, where you're coming Okay, from. so what do you think I'm trying to say? Maybe you can explain it to the be- uh, better than I can to the audience, because oftentimes I use a lot of words. Well, the fact that it's coming out, what is it now? It's not a coincidence. Six days before the season starts. And five, five. months after it happened. Right, That's and when when originally when it happened, He's we said— He's still pissed. Right, we said that when it originally happened, there's something we don't know here going on. And the Cardinals— and maybe, I mean, in a way, I guess you could tip your cap to Schilt and that he's playing it this way. Here's, some, here's an analogy I like to use. Mm-hmm. See if you can follow me. It's somewhat obscure. For right. those of you who saw it, you can't forget it, though. Mm. Joe Buck has Artie Lang on his show on HBO. You were 10, 11 years old, mm. 2009, I believe. Mm-hmm. And Artie is not in the best state of mind, as mm. he was oftentimes mm. mm-hmm. in. Yep. And he started taking shots, and then Joe, who has one of the quickest, sickest, and is one of the most hilarious minds going, went back at him. But then Artie, who doesn't have to worry about bosses at the time at Fox, right. calling a Super Bowl, calling World Series, right. he could go He could go places Joe couldn't go. Absolutely. And so he wins because he's able to go into the... You know, the dark areas. The greasy areas. Thank you. And Joe loses if he tries to compete with Artie and go into those places because now he's got a problem, most likely with Fox. Or he loses uh, by just sitting there and letting Artie go into those areas because he can't go back at him that way. Another analogy I would make is this. On Twitter, Mm. if you are somebody in a position of, you know, I don't know, you have a career. Notoriety. Yes, and you engage with somebody who is using a burner account with like right. seven different numbers and yeah. a dog avatar. It was created yesterday. Correct. And you start arguing with that person, you are not playing on the same playing field. Well, the Cardinals, and she'll is certain we're aware of this, Cardinals and Mazalak and DeWitt specifically pride themselves, as a lot of teams do. I mean, it's a phrase you hear in the NHL all the time, keep things in the room. The Cardinals mm-hmm. are big into keeping things in the room. 
And so he may know the Cardinals aren't going to say the specific reasons. So he can float what he wants out there. The thing, though, that got LaRusa going on this thing, keep in mind, LaRusa didn't talk about it until now. The thing that got LaRusa going is the thing about the toxicity. That's the thing that really irritated him. But then when he heard about it, he didn't he didn't go, I know Mike Schilt and I've managed major league teams and I have not been around a lot of winning streaks like what the Cardinals put together. And he did point out in that comment to Rick Cummel in this morning's uh, St. Louis Post-Dispatch, it wasn't like they were racking them up against bottom feeders. That's the thing that I remember about that streak. It's like, man, they are playing against teams who are fighting for their lives or some great baseball teams, and they are winning. This is incredible. And it came out of nowhere. Uh, he could have said that without then going, and while I'm here, let me point in the bullseye, the Cardinal mm-hmm. front office, and do it two different times. You know, if the first time he's like, man, I wish I had that one back. No, let me get on the phone with Rick Hummel and say it again. Mm-hmm. That's saying something. That's saying something. I, you know, and and so, you know, taking a step back and having this overall commentary on what I think is is at the, at the core of it, you just don't. Like right now, for example, the month of March is in the books for the Blues, and it's great that it finished off with two wins against the Canucks. But, you know, overall, I would imagine most Blues fans would grade out the month of March like a D, maybe if they're being kind, somewhere in the C range. But, sure. but I don't think most Blues fans are going, man, they're not trying, even though they might have wanted a bigger name at the trade deadline than Nick Letty. But there is a belief that the organization is going to make smart hockey first decisions to try to win even Mm -hmm. though as doug armstrong said you can't go in all in all the time well with regards to this i think one of the core issues amongst cardinal fans is the front office slash ownership is happy just trying to get into the playoffs and then taking their chances and that has been the case for the last however many years if you want to go back to 2016 that that seems to be a year that many would would cite as an example and the lack of trade deadline activity even though the teams all of these years have been in the mix i think many of them were not that great so i'm glad they didn't buy but i wish they would have sold either way they didn't do much of anything and so then the feeling is when the winter rolls around and it's like okay well they'll have some quote unquote dry powder on july 31st and then the dry powder continues to sit in storage it pisses people off And so you have a distrust between the fan base and the organization. Not that the the organization is necessarily lying, per se, but that the organization is as committed to winning as fans would expect them to be with the kind of support they get in the area. And that causes a chasm in between a fan base Mm. and an organization. And a lot of people don't point at Mike Schilt. They point at John Mm Mazalak. Now, what I would always say about any business, if you're not happy with it, is... You know, unless you own 51% of it, you don't get to call the shots because you're always going to be answering to somebody, whether it's an individual who owns the business or a board. uh, There is somebody who has control. And John Mazalek does not own the Cardinals. Bill DeWitt, I feel like, gets, you know, is is second as far as getting the criticism in a distant second to John Mazalek. But what's interesting about what has taken place here, both with Schilt's comments, but especially LaRusse's comments, is LaRusse specifically said front office, specifically said front office, from his purchase, the Chicago White Sox manager active in the game. That's really saying something. Point being, all this does is reinforce either the belief or the theory amongst many Cardinal fans at this moment that the organization is not being run 
the way that they have come to expect the organization to be run over the last 20 years with respect to, say, the last five or six. Your thoughts are welcome. 65780. My name is Tim McKernan. You are listening to Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Sometimes the media asks bad questions, like... Congratulations. Um, Congratulations. I lost. You lost? Yes. Oh. Or... What went through your mind when you were told that the contract was done? What's that? And when that happens, players will fire back. I mean, are you looking to get into a pissing match, me, you and I? Right, it's a clown question, bro. Now, it's time for... So what's your grandma think? All right, Jackson, finish strong. You got the benefit of the doubt yesterday because... You know, I was down down for the count. That's right. Today, it's not recent, but no, that's on not brand, right? Uh, former NFL head coach, AFC East. Are you trying to think of a name right now, or no, are you I trying to play a guessing game with me? Because that'd be really weird if you didn't know. Who no, you... I know who it is. Okay. I was just All thinking right. of AFC right, East it. from the late 2000s, early 2010s. AFC East head coach Rex Ryan. Yes. And uh, he was asked if Mark Sanchez is going to start week one, and he wasn't ready to answer that. No. A chance to be the week one starter. Hey, again, you know, we're going to compete all the way through. Is that a yes or a no, Rex? Does he have a chance? Hey, I'll make that call. I'm just asking you. Does he have I don't have to answer a question. I'll, I answered it the way I said. And, and from day one, I said, we'll, we will make the announcement of a starting quarterback when we think it's the appropriate time. Not when you, not when this person or this person or this person. Now, maybe that person, but that's about it. I can say anything I want. That's the beauty of this country. I answer the question. I can answer it 100 times. Here, I'll stand backwards and answer the question. I'm going sideways. At the appropriate time, we'll make that the the announcement when I think it's the appropriate time. (laughs) I'm 100% on the side of Rex Ryan. 100%. They kept badgering. What was the deal with that? Who? Do you know who the reporter was? I'm just curious. But it's the new. It's New York media. I mean, they're gonna come after. I know. But something like in Hollywood. How much? I probably got a break. I got to wrap up the show. Actually, not just break, but. The, like in movies, the media is always portrayed as like there's these when somebody walks out of a courtroom or an right, office right, and they're right. under pressure that there's a you know 30 reporters with microphones and cameras shouting questions. I've been a part of those things and it's just not the way it works. And for some reason, the flash is always on. There's the always camera. flashes, yes, <laughs> as if this is like the Great Depression. In that case, it sounded like all of a sudden Ryan answered the question. All of a sudden, like a bunch of guys jumped in, right? Jumped like a ass. bunch of like. Banny little roosters from the East Coast upset about his answer. And then the guy kept going. And I'm going, okay, he answered the question. He's not going to answer the question. What are you doing? It's great in the video because he literally turns to the side (laughs) and answers the question again. I really enjoyed it. I'm curious who the reporter is on that. And if he's still in the industry, actually, that's what that's what my internal monologue was. I wonder if this guy's still in the industry. That's yeah. kind of what I'm thinking, because I might short the play. All right, we got to go. BK and Ferrario are up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Tim and Lil Rub Some Dirt on it. There we go. On 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday... With the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes. From running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton. Motivation that moves you.